Hello, welcome to Hope Stream FM Weekly Bible Study Review. My name is Pastor Solomon Odinyebuchi Okono. The title of this week's lesson is Preamble to Deuteronomy. The key text is 1 John chapter 4, verse 8. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Please pray with me. Eternal Father, we thank you for granting us another opportunity to review your word. I pray, dear Lord, that as we go through your word this moment, our hearts may be touched, that we will follow your word and act in accordance with your will, that it may be well with us and our families forever. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Like all other books of the Bible, the context within which the book of Deuteronomy was written plays a very important role in understanding the meaning and purpose of a book. The historical context of the book of Deuteronomy helps us to understand the circumstances as well as the environment that framed the content of the book, especially with regard to present truth. Although it may be difficult to cover in one week's lesson the thousands of years of history recorded in Deuteronomy, but by focusing on the highlights, we can see the context needed to best understand this book, so rich with present truth. This week's lesson is the first part of the highlight of the book of Deuteronomy, Love to be Loved. We read in 1 John chapter 4, verse 8, that God is love. These words are so simple, yet so deep and so profound. Notice that the Bible did not merely say that God loves us, but that He is love. This suggests that love is the essence of God's identity. As fallen humans, our minds cannot fully grasp this concept. We can only fully grasp the idea when we become transformed, when Jesus returns. Well, though we cannot fully grasp this idea of God being love, we can at least know that it is good news. Imagine if God were anything else than love. We would perhaps have been wiped away from the surface of the earth for our disobedience and wickedness. For love to be love, it must be freely given and freely received. So God created angels and humans with a mind to choose to love and to be loved. By giving this freedom to his creatures, God took a risk because his creatures can choose disobedience, which eventually became the case, as we see in Isaiah chapter 14, verses 12 to 14, Ezekiel 28, verses 12 to 17, and Revelation 12, verse 7. This was why sin came in, and the result is death, decay, destruction, and the great controversy, the struggle between good and evil, between light and darkness, of which you and I are actors today. Like Lucifer, we still have a moral freedom to choose what to do and who to obey. But remember also that there's always a consequence for whatever choice we make. The fall and the flood. Genesis 3 verse 1. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, 
Had God said, you shall not eat of every tree of a garden? From studying the Bible, we learned that the same freedom that led to Lucifer's fall also led to the fall of humanity. This mystery of how sin grew in the heart of perfect people living in a perfect world can only be resolved when we see Jesus face to face. After the fall, things went from bad to worse, even to the point where the Lord God said about humanity that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Genesis 6 verse 5. And if their thoughts were bad, their actions surely were as well. Until things got so evil that the Lord destroyed the entire world with flood, in a sense, giving humanity a chance to start all over, a kind of second creation. However, as the story of the Tower of Babel shows in Genesis 11, 1-9, humanity still seemed intent on defying God. Ellen G. White writes in Patriots and Prophets, page 119, When the tower had been partially completed, a portion of it was occupied as a dwelling place for the builders. Other apartments, splendidly furnished and adorned, were devoted to their idols. The people rejoiced in their success and praised the gods of silver and gold and set themselves against the ruler of heaven and earth. Thus, besides confusing their language, God scattered the fallen race across the face of the earth. Today, humans are still rebelling against God. Check your own life and see if you are still rebelling against God by the way you live and by your actions. The call of Abraham, Genesis 12 verse 1. Now the Lord has said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. The call of Abraham appears in Genesis chapter 11, right after the building of the Tower of Babel. Many centuries later, the Apostle Paul, speaking about the heresy of the Galatians, pointed back to that call showing it to be an early expression of what God's intention had always been, the gospel to the world. Therefore, know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand, saying, In you all the nations shall be blessed. So then, those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. Galatians 3, 7-9 Abraham's call was first expressed in Genesis 12. Much of the rest of Genesis is a story of his blood, his descendants, one dysfunctional seed after another, creating one messed up family after another. And yet, through them, the promise eventually was to be fulfilled reaching a crucial milestone for the call of Moses. Today, in a world notorious for ignorance, error, wickedness, and a general lack of knowledge of God, God is still calling men and women as he called Abraham and Moses. How do you see yourself as one called by God 
to proclaim his salvation to the world. The covenant at Sinai. Exodus 19 verse 4. Ye have seen what I did unto the Egyptians, and how I bore you on wings, on eagles' wings, and brought you unto myself. We see in Deuteronomy chapter 4 verse 34 that God's rescue of Israel from Egypt was by trials, by signs, by wonders, by war, by a mighty hand and an outstretched out arm, and by great terror. Why did God choose Israel as a nation? Well, the answer is simple. God called Israel, the descendants of Abraham, to establish his covenant with them, and to make them a special people to himself above all people. The idea of special treasure could be easily misunderstood. Their specialness came not from anything inherently holy or righteous in and of themselves. Instead, it was because of God's grace given to them and because of the wonderful truths that He had bestowed upon them, truths that they were to follow, and as a kingdom of priests, eventually spread that truth in the world. Today, God has expanded His call to as many as believe in Him. Like Israel, we have been chosen not because of anything inherently good or holy in us, but because of God's grace. He calls us like Israel to radiate His light to the world around us. How are you fulfilling this call in your own personal life? Apostasy and Punishment Exodus 24 verse 7 And He took the book of the covenant and read in the audience of the people, and they said, All that the Lord had said, we will do, and be obedient. Although Israel was chosen by God above all people, and though they promised freely to keep the Lord's statutes, they didn't keep up their own end of the deal. Israel's failure came with great consequences, often resulting in shame, separation from God, slavery and death. Sin always comes with great consequences. How can the experience of Israel help you live better? Please share your answer with someone. Please pray with me. Eternal Father, thank you for granting us the grace to study your word. Help us, Father, to be faithful to the rules of our covenant relationship with you that it may be well with us forever. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. For questions and contributions, you can reach me on WhatsApp through plus 234-903-789-1680. Or you can send me an email on summary at gmail.com. God bless you.